This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good Saturday morning, a sunny Saturday morning to you. Uh, Frank Proctor here, sous chef of the garden, the under-under-gardener, if you will. And uh, Charlie and I, to verify the fact that it is indeed now fall, both of us are wearing sweaters this morning. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. of a chilly morning. Oh, yeah. But gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. Blue sky, crystal clear. What's the high going to be? About 19 degrees, I Yeah, 18, so, 19 here in Toronto. beautiful sunny day. Um, as I was coming down, I heard on the radio, I think it was four degrees in Thunder Bay this morning. Ah. Well, I can't tell you how happy Shirley is out on the farm there. Uh, because today she was all worried uh, her son-in-law, Martin Swinton, is having a birthday uh-huh. and they have a little do for him. And uh-huh. she thought, oh, please don't rain. Right. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, no, no. It's but perfect no, it's day be to be out partying and out at f- yeah. events and festivals. Happy birthday, Martin. Okay. Uh, we've got lots going on in the show here. My gosh. We do. Did you want to give the numbers and I will oh. come up with all my events, as is my want? <laughs> Very good. All righty. In Toronto, call this number, please. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Remember our little mantra, call early, call often. One question per call. And if you are indeed a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know. And uh, that will mean I will do this. Just before you come on the air. The welcome bell. You've got it. You'll earn your wings here in the garden show. Garden wings. Okay, Charlie, what do you have? Well, okay, here's a good one. I just brought it up on our computer. The farm to fork on common ground is happening today and tomorrow. Couldn't ask for better weather for an outdoor festival. Happening, of course, at the Fort York site Mm -hmm. right near here, near Liberty Village, where we are located in the Zoomerplex. So today, tomorrow, noon until 6, celebrate the harvest season with a festival of healthy food music, arts, and community at, of course, the Fort York National Historic Site. Um, It's an annual On Common Ground Festival, and of course, as well, Toronto's non-GMO coalition's community-based farm-to-fork celebration. Mm -hmm. So I just think that sounds like a lot of fun. We normally typically go to High Park for our breakfast, but I was thinking maybe we should take a wander over to Fort York and have mm. our, have some non-GMO healthy <laughs> granola bars or something. Well, oh golly. <laughs> you, I'm excited far more than you can even know. Uh, uh, I yes. think we prefer our bacon, greasy bacon <laughs> yeah. and eggs. Um, anyway, so more going on, of course, always in the gardening world. The Greater Toronto Water Gardeners will be holding their next meeting at Terra Greenhouses. That is tomorrow, 12 to noon. Their lunch is being served right at 12 noon. The location is 12800 Britannia Road West, or sorry, Britannia Road in Milton, just west of Trafalgar. The speaker is Judy. Judy is a Terra staff member, and she's speaking on what, uh, about water gardening. Um, her topic is landscaping your pond, which is great. Mm. Can't have a pond without landscaping. Absolutely. Nope, nope. 
Uh, and one more thing, the Greater Toronto Bulb Society, a lot of Greater Toronto things going on. Mm-hmm. So the Greater Toronto Bulb Society is meeting tomorrow as well, 1.30 p.m. The speaker is Anna Leggett. Her topic is no sex, we're potatoes. Well, well, I, <laughs> I don't love know it. what I love to it. reply to that. Well, okay, Anna's <laughs> talk is on underground reproduction, reproduction without sex. Okay. Bulbs, oh, corms, <laughs> tubers, and rhizomes. I'm going to see if Anna will come speak to my students at uh, Durham College. I think they would. Well, I've been talking to them. You just mentioned sex and the kids exactly. are going to be there. Yeah. Bulbs and corms. Well, they'll be there no matter what because they're good students. But, I, you know, trying to explain the difference between a bulb and a corm and a tuber and a rhizome, I'm showing them pictures. But for a lot of them, it's, you know, it's I think to, she could yeah. do a really good job huh, making it super. very real for them. So this is going to be a great talk tomorrow, 1.30 p.m. There's as well, of course, the bulb people are having a September flower show. And they're having their amaryllis special order taking for a huge 36-plus size bulbs of newer hybrids. Location is Cummer Park Community Centre, 6000 Leslie Street at Cummer. Parking is free and guests are always welcome. Excellent. All righty. All righty. That, that do it for the moment? For now. All right. Uh, you know, you're welcome to pop back anytime. Oh, with thank more. you so much. It's your show. Uh, really? <laughs> I keep reminding myself. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. It's her, it's her show. I oh, yeah, keep yeah. reminding you, too, but you never listen. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to be, we have a whole bank of uh, phones uh, lit callers, up here. Callers, yes. yep. And the callers are ready to talk to you. We'll be back to them in just moments. Here on Zoomer Radio, it's The Garden Show with Charlie Dubbin. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Here she is, pounding the desk, just anxious to get the callers. And hey, we've got a first-time caller. Nice. Maxine, that little bell's for you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. You just won your wings. This is not a question. This is a phone call of gratitude and appreciation. Charlie, I thank you so much for coming to my house Mm -hmm. and completely transforming (laughs) my front yard. It looks completely stunning. It's just like yesterday was Christmas. (laughs) But you know what? I thank you for... You and your team, such a high level of professionalism. They work so hard. They are just so diligent, hardworking. Uh, And I thank you for cleaning up. Of course. Yes, that goes (laughs) without saying. It was raining. It was pretty muddy at one point there yesterday. So we had a bit of cleaning up to do. (laughs) I know, but nobody complained at all about the weather. And I felt so bad when uh, it did start raining. But... But Maxine, you know, this we, you, morning when I um, I'm at my gym right now, when mm-hmm. I left the house, and I just looked and I thought, oh my God, it's so beautiful, and I just thank you, and I thank you for making all of the choices. Thank you. And it was just so beautiful. Uh, my only regret is I didn't get a picture of you and your team in front of the beautiful flower oh, bed. No worries. So, so but, we'll have to haul everybody back. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe have a, a bag of wine, you know, and that'll, oh, that'll yeah, draw them back. That'll, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maxine, you know, you were a big help as well. So thanks for, you know, getting in there and pulling weeds and doing some planting as well. It was fun. You know, yep. we, we worked alongside each other. So that's what fun and good gardening is all about. Well, I have to, I have to confess, Charlie, 
the reason I was working with you, you are an expert. And how many questions did I ask you? <laughs> Lots. So anyway, if I helped in any way, yeah. thank you. But isn't that very selfish of me? Not at all. That's what we do. That's so we share. I, I learned so much yesterday, and oh I have an enormous amount of appreciation to actually have a conversation with an expert. Yeah. So well, many people in many fields think mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. but you truly, truly are, and you're so humble. And I just had one of the best days of my entire life. Great. And I am so very, very grateful. Well, thanks Thank for you, calling. I really appreciate the call, Maxine. Okay. Have a good day, a beautiful sunny day, and go enjoy that garden. Don't forget to water. Oh, don't you worry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> very good. What a nice call to receive very right off the top there. Mm-hmm. And first time caller of that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, Maxine was, you know, hired us to do this overhaul to the mm-hmm. front garden. And and one of the best things is when the homeowner wants to learn and says, how can I help? Yep, and she exactly. was available to do so. So she jumped into the mud with us. Exactly. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to be a little uh, digging a little bit of dirt in the Buffalo area. Remember last week, our very last caller Mm -hmm. was Barbara Mm -hmm. from Buffalo, who at that time I think was a first time caller, but we welcome her back right now. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Great. Good morning. I thank you. I pretend you're in my garden with me doing the work right next to me. So I thank you and I thank you. Oh, great. But anyways, what I have are numerous Rosa Sharon bushes Mm -hmm. and loaded with buds. Mm -hmm. Every year, loaded with buds. Uh, Only about a quarter open up and bloom. What, what? What's my problem? So just right across the bat, all the different shrubs, about a, a quarter open on all of them? Yes. Hmm. And are they double-flowered, Rose of Sharon, do you know? No, single. Single. Yeah. I wish I knew the answer to that because I, I composted a Rose of Sharon after threatening it for about four years <laughs> because it kept doing that to me. It would set hundreds of buds. Yes. They would start to crack open, and you could see the pink yes. becoming between. And then nothing else would happen. And, no. and it would just sit like that. And, and I thought, okay, it's because we had an early winter. So, you know, yes. I gave, I allowed, I gave excuses for the plant for a number of years, and then I finally said, that's it. This is your last chance. If I don't get open flowers from you, you're out of here. And it didn't it never never performed so i just put it down to the genetics of that specific shrub and it what and but that was a double flowering one as well which i think oh. do tend to have more issues with actually getting those buds opened yeah. um but you said you've got several doing that yeah i got about 10 of them wow. and uh, just thousands and thousands of buds mm-hmm. some you know almost open and some never opened yeah. so every fall i have to cut it all off because it all go to seed yeah well it and well it hangs on it, uh, until the flowers open, typically the seeds don't mature. Or do you find that they do go to seed and you end up with little babies? Oh, they do go to seeds. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they dry up and then they... Uh, well, so then I guess it's it's yeah. doing what... It, I mean, that's what... F- you got to realize that we appreciate the flowers, but from a plant's yeah. perspective, it's all about the seeds. Yeah. So if it can produce seeds without putting a, too much energy into flowers, then that's a good thing yeah, for yeah. the plant, <laughs> you know. I, I, do you think it's possibly it's getting too much sun? I doubt it. They love full no. sun. They, they love full sun. They, you know, they do like a, a pretty good quality soil. Um, yeah. Be very careful with your fertilizer. I'd be inclined to, to sort of don't fertilize these plants and make them suffer a bit for nutrient and see if that might speed up the flowering. Well, see, I've and, done that. 
Yeah. I haven't, I haven't given fertilizer in about oh, three years. Yeah, really. Okay, yeah. well, I researched this, like I said, 10 years ago. I could find nothing on it, but yeah. leave it with me. I'll see if I can come up with anything for yeah, next okay, week. Yeah, okay, great. Okay, have a great day. And maybe somebody's listening who has some, yeah. some yeah. experience with this and has some tips on how to get around it. Cause okay. It was very frustrating. Well, okay. as, as we say bye-bye Thanks, to Barbara. Uh, uh, Barbara there in Buffalo area, uh, we have an, a line open then. Uh, or it, if you are handed you the phone... Good time to call right now, 416-360-0740. Or if you're out of the area, it's uh, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be along to talk to George in Etobicoke right after these words on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Master Gardener Charlie Dobbin in the studio and on the line now with George from Etobicoke. Good morning, George. Good morning, you all. Good morning. Charlie, I have two poinsettias in a 12-inch pot that's been out in the garden all summer. Nice. And they're really brilliant looking, and I'm I'm just wondering how I can uh, get them to uh, return to the red foliage hmm. that, that, that was on them when I bought them. Well, so they're big, fat, juicy green plants right now then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, They've been repotted and root trimmed a bit. Mm-hmm. Well... The only way you're going to get those green leaves to turn red, which is what you need to have happen, is to provide the conditions to make that happen. And that is starting starting about 12 weeks before the Christmas season. So even, you know, now, bring them in the house. Uh um, And you need to provide 12 hours of complete darkness to those plants every 24 hours. So for some... With something? Pardon? Do you have to cover them with something or just in a dark room? Dark room is fine, but it's got to be a truly dark room. So it's got to be a room where you don't go in there at any point during the that 12-hour period. That's right. And there's no, like, street lights uh, with light coming in through a window or so, that kind of a thing. Yeah, so, no light, period. No light, period. So for some people, they don't have a dark room, and they'll use, like, the front hall cupboard or they'll put a paper bag over top of the plants. Better if you have a dark room that you can either just let, like sun comes up, you get some sun, sun goes down, it's dark. Uh, let it happen without a lot of work on your part or move the plants in and out of light and dark. And they will, within six to eight weeks, start to color up. And by Christmas time, they should be perfect. So you do it every 12 hours? Yep, 12 hours light, 12 hours dark. How many times do you have to do it? Uh, from now for the next six to eight weeks. Well, every 12 hours. Yep. Well, you got your work cut out for you. It's quite a chore, eh? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Can I tell you a little story that happened to me yesterday? Sure. I grew up in Toronto, you know, and all, all like I'm currently 91. All, all, all the milk and, 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 and you know, Eaton's and Simpson's mm-hmm. was delivered by horses. Mm-hmm. And the people used to get manure delivered right on the street. Well, like, yeah, I can. <laughs> fresh <yeah>. manure. <laughs> I'll bet so you. Two horses come out of the park, Colonel Smith Park on the lakeshore here, mm. and, and one of them made a big dump. And I stopped my truck, and I got out, <laughs> and I picked up them. 
two people stopped to look at me. They they couldn't figure out what I was doing. There's fresh manure right from the manufacturer. Free for the taking. But but remember, fresh manure doesn't go directly on onto. Oh, no, you got to let it chill. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Let, thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank for calling. That's great. See now that there yeah. you go. There's garden wisdom at its best. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Somebody who knows the value of free fresh and manure that, and stops and his truck to get it. George has to just transpose those numbers. He's not 91, he's 19. <laughs> he I'm sounds yeah. young, doesn't he? Does he ever. <laughs> hey, Mervyn in Toronto, welcome to the show. Hello? Yeah, Good hi. morning. Hello. Where, where, where do I get the fresh manure again? <laughs> <laughs> you got to hang out where there's horses. So there are there are police horses down in this, this area, uh, Lakeshore area, so I guess... Well, I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, George saw a couple horses. <laughs> uh, my wife got about 20 small uh, Rose of Sharon plants. Uh-huh. They were just a couple of inches higher, maybe a little higher. Mm-hmm. So I've grown them in a pot. There's about 20, and they're now about a foot higher, mm-hmm. about a foot high. So uh, can I plant them outside? Would they last outside if I put them outside in the garden? Oh, they definitely need to be outside. So the, they do? Yeah, yeah, you don't bring those in. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have a permanent location for all 20 of them, then for uh-huh. sure go ahead and plant them. But uh-huh. because they're only a foot high, uh-huh. <clears throat> make, it, make it obvious so you'll know where they are in the spring. Because yes. Rose of Sharon are the, like the last plants to, to produce leaves. So uh-huh. they're hard to see in the spring and you could be you know, stepping on them or whatever. So just put some little cages or stakes or something around them. Yeah. If you don't have a, a proper permanent location for them, just bury the pot uh-huh. with all 20 of those little seedlings in there or you know, separate them into separate pots and just bury the pots in the garden for the winter and uh-huh. then pull up the pots in the spring and then you know, work out where they're going to go. Okay, so I should get a good uh, result out of that then. Yeah, you should. I mean, like, would, would, would they all would they all last? I don't know what or what I would well, do with twenty plants exactly. Well, I was going to say survive the winter then. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They're they're fairly hardy plants. They are what's considered a zone five plant. And you are calling us from Toronto, yes. so you are in zone six. So you are fine in terms of the hardiness. Uh, so if they look healthy, that's the main thing. But remember, Rose of Sharon want full sun. Uh-huh. So full sun is six hours or more uh, hours of sun daily, uh-huh. wherever your location is. Uh-huh. So you might not have room for that many rows of Sharon. You might want to wait. I mean, are they all going to be the same color? I guess you don't know. You probably don't have uh, buds on them this year. No, there's not. No, there's nothing on them. Yeah. So, so I mean, depending on where your wife got them, they, they they could all be exactly the same plant, right? So you may only want one out of the twenty. Uh-huh. But if yeah. they're different colors, you might want to find room for more than one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great. That's. Uh, all in thanks very much. Hey, thanks, thanks for Mervin. Yeah, you bet. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, this is, of course, the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Well, out to Guelph we go, a spot that you're quite familiar with, Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, from your history in, of learning. Uh, <laughs> Sylvia, good morning. Welcome to the show. <laughs> good morning. Hi, uh, Charlie, I love your program, and I enjoy Frank's comments, too. Oh, bless Thank you. Uh, my question is about uh, lilies. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful yellow day lilies, and I have a beautiful stargazer lily. Mm-hmm. Now, the other day, my three-month-old pup pulled a yellow lily off and ate it, and she got sick, and then she got the diarrhea. So I'm wondering if you can tell me, is that yellow day lily poisonous? No. And how about the stargazer? Is it poisonous? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. Daylily flowers are quite famous for being not poisonous. 
People will often, uh, I mean, you can buy them at the grocery store. Mm. Daylily flowers, uh, and sometimes you'll buy them stuffed with cream cheese, or you can take them home and make hors d'oeuvres with them. They're quite edible. So okay. daylily flowers, as you know, to the best, like I say, they're, they're, um, buds are often used in stir fries. Like the, the flowers of daylilies are, like I say, completely non-toxic to people, and that doesn't mean they're not toxic to dogs. So there are good websites if you have access to the Internet. Um, yeah. And I, you know what? Let me look it up. There's there's a whole website just for cats and dogs, and then there's other websites that are more for people in okay. terms of poisonous plants. And what, what about the stargazer? Is it poisonous? Stargazer? That really? one, I know. I'm just trying to think. I think not, but I'd have to double check. Okay. Okay. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Like a stargazer is lilium. It's an actual lily, whereas daylily is not an actual lily. It's actually hemorrhacalis is the oh. proper name. So they, they, they're completely different genus, but they are, they, the flowers are those tubular shaped mm-hmm. flowers. And uh, so leave that with me and I'll just double check that stargazer, for you. Stargazer, right? Okay. Stargazers are yeah. pink flowers and very, very fragrant. Okay. Um, oh, it's quite beautiful, lovely. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so a little puppy ate, so three-month-old puppy ate one of the daylilies, obviously, because yes, stargazers aren't blooming now. Three-month-old puppy. All right, so, I'm, you know, it just could have been that the fiber. <laughs> you never know what gives animals diarrhea, but yeah. let me double-check, because, like, like I said, they are not poisonous to people. Okay. okay. Eight. Thanks very much, Sylvia. And, Keep uh, listening. D- delighted that you gave uh, Charlie some homework to do. <laughs> so she hit me again. <laughs> gently, though. <laughs> gently, gently, of course. <laughs> Sylvia, uh, oh, pardon me, Chris in Niagara Falls is on the line now. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good yeah, morning. Hi. Hi. Um, the comment that you had uh, for the woman in Buffalo for the Rosa Sharon. Uh-huh. So I have the same. I have about t- 20. Oh, my mature uh tree trees with mm. the same problem mm. and i'm thinking how how old like how long can you keep these trees before <laughs> they have to i was gonna say it's a pa- dust. it's totally a ba- patience thing when it comes to uh, us as gardeners particularly when you have that many so i very quickly have googled Couple of reasons why Rose of Sharon set buds that don't open. One is they're in too much shade, and as I just mentioned to uh, Mervin, he's just you know inherited twenty little Rose of Sharon seedlings. Full sun is required, so six hours or more daily on these plants in order to have blooms that reach full capacity. During rainy seasons, we can have rot. Well, of course, this wasn't a rainy summer, but on the other end of the spectrum, drought. Very dry summers can cause Rosa Sharon buds to be damaged from the drought and fail to open. So there's either end of the spectrum there. Wet summers or super dry summers can affect Rosa Sharon buds opening. Mm -hmm. Being you know that they do their show at the end of the summer. Obviously, the way that season pans out, the the beauty of the Rosa Sharon is going to be very dependent on the plant on the on the kind of season we have. But like I said, I have seen. I, sometimes I put it down to the genetics of the plant. Some plants, I think some are just more susceptible to wussing out at the end of the season, <laughs> and others are so dependable and they open every September and August and you just can't stop them. So, yeah, how long do you wait? Give them a couple of years, threaten them, don't hesitate to tell them what's going on and what you're thinking because plants do listen. And, uh, you know, just tell them they're going to the composter in the sky if they aren't going to cooperate and give you some beauty. Okay, well, but these guys are about twenty years old. I yeah. mean, and have they have, they must have flowered at some point along the way. Oh no, they have, they yeah. have. I'm just thinking yeah. maybe they're too old now. You know? Yeah. No. No, they're pretty long lived. It shouldn't have. I mean, they've got buds on them now, right? 
Oh, absolutely. They're full of buds. And they're all no green. Yeah. Green Okay, buds. I'll threaten them then. Yeah, threaten them. <laughs> Good give them for a, you. Give them a chance. Yeah. Let, let them know okay. what you're thinking. Shake them up Love a bit. Love your show. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, I'm just hearkening back to our very first caller this morning, Maxine, who is effusive in, in her praise of your, your work. That's what You Charlie, sound surprised. Well, no. No, but I, I did want to kind of expand on that just a tad to let folks know that that's exactly what, I mean, you come in here one hour a week mm. to do a radio show, mm-hmm. but your real job mm-hmm. is going out to visit folks at their homes and transform mm-hmm. their places from something that's not too attractive to something really attractive. Yeah, something so I just want to get your, off. Beautiful. your email, uh, which I'll give in just a moment, but Garden Solutions, that's the, your the name website. Of my basically. company. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I do garden consulting, so yeah. people need uh, help identifying plants or, you know, when do I prune? When do I fertilize? You or, know, as just, in the case of Maxine, d- designing. Yeah, yeah she yeah. had kind of a front bed. In the front of the, yeah. your home is very important. You know, it's all about curb appeal. And it was downright boring and, and also had a shrub in it that was not healthy. And I said, yeah. you know what? Let's just get rid of all this and start, change it up. Start fresh. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we banged in some beautiful plants. All righty. So the email address for Charlie is c.dobbin.com. D-O-B-B-I-N at mzmedia.com. Okay? Thanks, Frank. All righty. Mabel in Caledonia, your turn. You're up next. Good morning. Welcome. Hi, Mabel. Did we... Oh, we've lost Mabel. All righty. We'll go then to, I believe, uh, Richard in Oakville. Hi, Richard. Morning. Good morning. Uh, my question is about seeds. Uh, last year I bought a large bag of uh, grass seed from mm-hmm. Costco. Mm-hmm. I'd never opened it, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if it will still germinate if I use it. You mentioned cores as an example of mm-hmm. not germinating. Yep. W- what about grass seed? Depending on, I mean, depending on the quality of the mix. Now, Costco um, may or may not have the best quality out there, but if you read the fine print, it should say Canada, num- you know, A grade or number one seeds. Okay. Uh, and it'll be a blend. And if you've kept it dry, and as you said, it's been unopened, you should see virtually the same germination rate this year as you would have had last year because grass seed is pretty good at um, overwintering, if you will, or, or being held uh, in a dormant state. I wouldn't hold on to those seeds for five or ten years, but no, no. certainly if you can get them out this year, I think you'll find, you know, I would anticipate, and, and with any grass seed, we usually get about a 90% germination anyway, just because it's all about the moisture, right? Getting the okay. a nice, fresh, little top dressing of good soil, the seed broadcast, a little light raking so the birds don't steal all the seeds, right. and consistent moisture for at least two weeks, and you yeah, and you should see you should see a good germination rate from that. Assuming again, like I say, the quality of the seeds originally was quite good. Good, very okay. good. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All righty, thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio, the Garden Show. As a matter of fact, we're going to take a little bit of a break right now because we're coming back. We got all sorts of folks lined up, including uh, in, in the next batch of callers, a first-time caller. So we'll be along to talk. You've to You've got to get your arm going. I, I know my Oof. my bell ringing Loosen arm. Up. Right, <laughs> Joan in Burlington is is next. So Joan, we'll be back to you in moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
And Charlie has been doing some homework as we speak. Uh, and uh, you I'm are trying, still looking. trying to avoid having to do it and remember for next week. And you know what happens. You know, my cat oh, sure. eats my homework. So better to get it out of the way. <laughs> Speaking of cats eating things. That's right. Sylvia had called from Guelph and said her three-month-old puppy ate a daylily flower and started throwing up. So the question is what's going on. Now, the information I've come to, of course, you're in a great place there in Guelph because you – Right. I just went directly to the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association, which, as far as I know, is actually based in Guelph because OVC, the Ontario Veterinary College, is there. Um, Lots of information here, potentially poisonous plants. Uh, There's a lot about daylilies and cats. So they're saying cats and, and lilies as well. So see Easter lily, cats, lots of exclamation marks. So keep your cats away from your Easter lilies. And we read something earlier that said cats and daylilies, but I'm not seeing anything about dogs yeah. uh, and lilies. So here under daylily, I'm seeing the entire plant is toxic to cats. Um, nothing about lily on that site. And um, yeah, so uh, you know what? Uh, it's be good question for the vet. It would be to ask your vet because puppies might be different than adult dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, they might be a little more sensitive, uh, similar to a cat, you know, smaller systems and, and stomach. So for sure that day lily could have caused a problem for that puppy. It is a challenge. Keep the pets away from chewing the garden plants. I mean, my yeah. cat... Uh, choose grasses. Better safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's, my cat's big on grasses. And, of course, I plant catnip for the cats, so, so they chew on that all the time. But otherwise, they generally stay away from, from chewing on things, I find. So fences, okay. little puppies, keep close control on them just like little children. Keep oh, close control on right. the garden. Uh, Joan has something for us to chew on here mm-hmm. uh, from Burlington. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Um, my mandibular plant mm-hmm. is hanging up uh, just under a crabapple tree. Mm. What uh, is it advisable, or can I bring it in for the winter? Sure. Um, now, what do I do about all this? I don't want it to grow terribly, terribly long. It has what I call the, all these tendrils growing out of mm-hmm. it. Where do I cut them off? Well, are, are there flowers on it right now? Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So... I mean, to bring a plant in at this time of year, it's in a pot, obviously. So it's not like you're going to do any digging and root damage digging it up. So you could bring it in intact after Mm -hmm. you've given it a a good thorough washing and cleansing and clearing of dust and, you know, who knows what's in their earwigs, et cetera. You want to clean clean them all out before you bring it in. Mm -hmm. But because light levels are lower inside our house than they are outside our house, it would be a very good idea to anticipate there will be some yellowing of leaves when you bring it in. So cutting it back at any point, whether before you bring it in or shortly thereafter, is not a bad thing. If you don't want to cut it back, you definitely want to do a big cutting back in late February, early March, because that will promote all kinds of new growth for next spring and when we start the active growth and lots more flowers. So you talk, you talk about um, giving it a good wash. Could I put that in the laundry tub and mm-hmm. lots of soapy water? Absolutely. And uh, maybe try and turn it upside down so I get the underside of the leaves done? What I would do is I would immerse it in water. I'd fill the laundry tub with room temperature water mm-hmm. and if you, not detergent but soap, not a bad yeah, idea. liquid. Well, yeah, dishwashing liquid, not detergent, though, so not okay. like palm olive. Make sure it's like Aveeno or Ivory or one of those soap brands. And, uh, and yeah, some, a couple of drops of soap into your laundry tub, room temperature water. Immerse the entire plant pot and all underwater. Oh. 
hold it down until the air bubbles bubbles rise to the surface. Yeah, see, you know this, too. And I know you're like a gardener at heart, really, Frank. So (laughs) so you hold it right down. The bubbles rise and, you you know, eventually it stops. Bubbles stop rising and you let go, let it sit there for, you know, a minute or so. Drain the tub. Let the plant drain. It will take a number of hours to drain mm-hmm. properly. And then you do not water it, of course, until it's, you know, seriously needs to be watered. It could be a month from now, depending on the amount of light you're putting it in, because it's a thorough watering and a thorough cleansing. Now, I, I'm going to put it in the south-southwest window, but Good. Yeah. in the summertime, I get very little sun here because I have two huge mm-hmm. uh, maple trees behind me. Right. But in the wintertime, I get all the Lots sun I can want. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So the Mandeville should be very happy there. Thank you so much. Okay. All righty. Thank you for calling in, Joan. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Oh, here we go. Wait a minute. I've been practicing my bell ringing yeah, arm. Yeah. That's for He's Janice. He's good, eh? He's, he practices that bell ringing. You betcha. Janice in Sutton, that's for you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I have a question about tulips. I bought some of the new Canada Day red and white tulips. Oh, nice. Yep. And I'd like to plant them in containers, store them in the garage over the winter, and bring them out in the spring. Is that possible? It's potentially possible. Your garage, is it insulated? No. So the only issue is it depends what kind of winter we have. Right. My garage, similar to yours, is not insulated, though my door is. My walls are not. And I have had bulbs rot or turned mush because of freezing in my garage during cold winters. But I've also had success when it hasn't been such a cold winter. See, the trick with the tulip bulbs is they want to be chilled. They're happy to be refrigerator temperature, and that's why burying them four to six inches down into the ground keeps them just, you know, around zero. Uh, You know, typically we don't go multi-degrees below zero, even when the, the ground frost penetrates down a couple of feet, we still are close to zero within that soil um, layer. And so the challenge is is keeping those tulips around that, you know, zero, one, two, Mm -hmm. three degrees and not five or ten below zero. Otherwise, they will rot. Okay. Now, I've ha- I, depending on how your garden works, I've had very good success by planting up tulips into pots, and then I don't have room in my refrigerator to keep them all winter, so I bury the pots outside in the garden. Oh. <clears throat> then, as soon as the ground is thawed enough that I can lever those pots up out of the, out of the garden, it might be March, depending, you know, because you put them in a spot where sun will get onto them early in the spring, you pop them up out of the ground, wash the pots off, and then stand them at your front door or your back patio door or wherever, and they will bloom like crazy very beautifully outside for you. Oh, you could bring them in, too, if you want. Yeah. But the blooms will last longer if you leave them outside. Okay. So that's a thought, too, if you have that kind of space in your garden to bury the pots. Okay. Well, I'll give that a try, I think. All right. Thanks Thank you for, for your first-time caller. Uh, you're always welcome to the show, Janice. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for... Uh, being with us here and being along in the show, Pamela from Burlington next, but we'll take a little bit of a break here and come back to say hi to not only Pamela, but a whole bunch of other folks, too. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie, bopping along to Burlington. There's Pamela. Good morning, Pamela. Welcome Hello, to the show. Frank. Uh, Charlie, I've got some uh, Phalaenopsis orchids mm-hmm. somebody gave me, mm-hmm. and I had them for about three months in a nice, uh, well-lit location, not direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the little card that said water with three ice cubes, I nearly died. I thought, <laughs> goodness gracious. <laughs> So anyway, I, I had it for about three months, and all the flowers start to fall off. And I had one left, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to give it some orchid food. So mm-hmm. I gave it two drops in a quarter of a cup of water, but I, I think I killed it. Oh, really? What happened after that? Well, I've got no flowers on it at all now. Oh, well, that's okay. But you've got the green leaves. Yes. Right. So you know what? Don't do the three ice cubes. I mean, I mean, unless you really find that just the most convenient way to water the plant— I'm not a big fan of the three ice cubes. The reason that's recommended is, number one, because it's simple, but number two, because as the ice cubes melt, they, the water slowly percolates down through the bark or the substrate that the orchids are growing in. Uh. Um, orchids are what we call epiphytes, so they don't typically, well, phalaenopsis don't grow in the ground. They would grow up in trees, in crotches and nooks and crannies where they kind of land as they float around in the canopy of the rainforest. Oh. So your challenge is to create a a fairly high moisture, high humidity situation without overwatering, without causing the roots to rot, but at the same time, um, you know, watering thoroughly. Um, I'm a huge fan of immersing the, the plant, pot and all, underwater into a bucket of room temperature water with some orchid food in it. And if you can do that every week or so, you'll find that the plant will be super happy and will flower nonstop. Because I, I, I didn't know whether I had the right amount of drops, you know, for this little pot I've got. You know? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it, it'll have instructions on the fertilizer. Usually it'll be by the leader that they'll make a recommendation. And you're right, it might be two, three, six, seven drops in a liter of water. So make sure your mix is mixed up as per instructions. And then if you don't need to use the whole liter to water the plant, just keep it in a jar or you know, keep it sort of off to the side somewhere. And 10 days, a week from now when it's time to water, just use the same water again to water until it's gone. Oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, it it won't die then on me. No, it's all, if the leaves are green and healthy, you're good to go. It's just a matter of creating the right conditions to get more flowers to grow. And, and feast the ice blocks. Okay, I'm glad to do that. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, Barbara in St. Catharines, uh, toward the latter part of the show here. Hello and welcome to the show. Glad to get in. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, That was interesting information because I'm calling about the roots of my orchids. Mm -hmm. And I've got so many, they're quite ugly. What do we do with them when they grow over the pot? Don't say they're ugly in front of the orchid. You will hurt its feelings. (laughs) Those, those, I mean, they're kind of... Yeah, they have that kind of look about them. But again, uh, channel uh, rainforest, channel jungle. Those roots need to be doing what they're doing. They need to grow on the surface. They will reach around and they'll look quite... They're getting uh, the nutrients from the air, right? Well, they are. They are absorbing a certain amount of moisture from the air and they are absorbing potentially some nutrients. Healthy roots will have a green tip. And they'll be fat and juicy, and they'll have a sort of a silver coloration on the outside of the root, and it's perfectly normal. Do not cut them away. Um, do not feel that they're ugly. Um, <laughs> just if they, if you find them really not attractive, maybe take the little orchid pot and just sit it in a bigger 
uh, overpot mm -hmm. so that you've got kind of a pretty thing happening on the mm -hmm. outside and the orchid roots will kind of twirl around down deeper into that overpot so you won't see them quite as much. Right. But, um, but yeah, they do need to be out there and they do need to do their thing. Well, thank you for that reassurance. Okay. okay. And thanks for thanks calling for in to calling. Charlie Dobbin here in the Garden Show. Gee, uh, North York. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi there. Uh, yes, uh, I first time caller. Oh, 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 oh. hey, wait get a minute. That Let's on get going. that You're there sleep you go. on the job. My goodness. Oh, so great to uh, talk to you both. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, it's to do with, uh, I have a mixed herb uh, plant that I got, uh, and it's on the balcony, and it, uh, it's to do with the cherry tomato. Is there any way of uh, saving it for to plant again? Uh, well, the only thing you could do would be to save it to bring it inside. Uh-huh. And uh, certainly you could do that. Tomatoes don't need to die in the frost. I mean, you can bring tomatoes in, and if you can provide sufficient light, uh -huh. you can continue to harvest tomatoes well into the winter. Oh, because it's got a couple of, uh, that looks like blossoms coming from yeah. those Well, generally speaking, the natural light that starts happening in our home, so the outdoor sunshine coming through the windows is insufficient to keep a tomato flowering and fruit bearing uh -huh. but certainly getting a grow light or providing some kind of supplemental lighting for the plant it makes it possible to continue to like well, you say great. harvest yeah. uh, harvest fruits and vegetables through the winter so it's just more a question of your setup and what you're willing to do but absolutely yes good cleaning up like we were talking about with uh, our uh, mandevilla caller joan washing the plants Bring them in as sunny a location as you can provide. And like I said, some supplemental lighting as well is a good idea. And uh, should I have it by its, uh, like uh, in another pot, like by itself? Because the other there's other herbs in the pot? Um, I personally wouldn't do a lot of transplanting right now because you'll find the plants will be quite stressed if you do that. Uh, if they are have been happy together as a group, I would keep them as the group and bring them in as the group. Okay, that's great. Okay. Thank you. And, uh, gee, I don't know. We've got a couple of minutes, just a couple of minutes. Do we have time for I uh, guess one more? I guess if we go fast. All right. And this happens to be a first-time caller, nice. too, from a beautiful part of the country, Niagara in the Lake. Margaret. Yes. That's for you. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. So glad to get through to you. Thanks. Um, I have a problem with my Euronymous bushes, a couple of them. Mm -hmm. uh, they have scale. Mm. And... I bought a dormant oil spray, mm -hmm. and I just wonder what your feedback is on that. Definitely, uh, yeah, definitely worth using dormant spray. Unfortunately, though, you can't use it now. Well, you can use it, but you won't. It won't have any impact. Okay. If you want to kill euonymus scale, the timing of the application of the dormant spray or the dormant oil spray is very important. As I recall, it's like June. So it's you would put it on to you wait for a cool day or you'd put it on at summer weight, but it's all scale has a shell on the outside of the insect that protects the insect from uh, being hit by the, the oil spray. Right. And at this time of the year, the little babies that haven't yet provide created that little shell are hiding under their mummies. So mm -hmm. there's you will not kill enough euonymus scale to make it worth your while right now. But um, certainly that's a very, very good question, and I will double-check. Like I said, I believe it's June. kind of depends on what kind of spring we're having. But that's when the nymphs are out and um, accessible with the oil to annihilate them. Okay. Oh. Thank you kindly. You, okay, Margaret. And listen up next week, and I will, I will report that for sure, when to kill euonymus scale. Yeah. Thanks, Margaret. 
All right, we got wow. 20 seconds. And you know I'm taking what? a breath. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just looking at the number of callers we've had this morning. Mm-hmm. Something like 13 or something. Yeah, no, almost gosh. a record, I think. Almost a record, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Thanks, have yourself Frank. a wonderful weekend. Couldn't do it without you, thank the you, ringleader that you are. <laughs> <laughs> and Sebastian, couldn't do it without you either. So thank you very much, everybody. Great callers, couldn't do it without you. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.